The following is a free preview of the inaugural episode of a new bonus content series I'm launching for Patreon supporters entitled The Not-So-Secret Show. In The Not-So-Secret Show, I kick back, play music, and talk about subjects that are, for the most part, outside the usual wheelhouse of the week in doubt. In the first episode, I talk about the herbal drug Kratom, my history of childhood illness, and the tragic passing of Dolores O'Riordan from the Cranberries. This free preview is only a portion of the episode in its totality. And don't worry, a free full-length episode of The Week in Doubt will still be published once a week as usual. With that, release the Kratom! Hey everyone, welcome to the Not-So-Secret Show, Episode 1. So, this is kind of a rebirth of that test drive I did where I was doing, uh... These shows for Patreon supporters only. They had kind of like a live show feel. Dropnir. That's Odin's ring. Yeah. Odin's wolves. This is this like Nordic shamanic band I found out about. Sleipnir is Odin's eight-legged horse. Really cool, really primitive kind of sound. Start drinking my rum and coke from my Krampus mug. Yeah, man. I'm gonna take a Kratom. I tried a uh, Kratom for the first time. Um, I think the music's kind of distracting me. Tried Kratom for the first time this past Thursday. I'll let the music fade out. Alright, yeah, and since this isn't, well, I might put, like, a small sample portion of this on YouTube, but, uh, the not-so-secret show is going to be for you guys, and it's probably obvious why I'm calling it the not-so-secret show, because, uh, in a sense, it's kind of secret that only you Patreon people get to hear the full version of it, but obviously it's known enough. And people are gonna hear a little whispers about it. <laughs> Hopefully it might entice them to uh, become Patreon supporters. So the not-so-secret show. Not sure how clever or not that is, but uh, I kind of like it. It has a significant amount of uh, alliteration. So as I was saying, yeah, I, I tried Kratom this past Thursday. And if you've never heard of it, you might be thinking, what the hell is Phil talking about? Well... You guys know how I'm a fan of the Drunken Peasants, and, and actually the uh, the Drunken Peasants just uh, got a new lease on life in a way, or uh, they were the show was resurrected in a sense. There was some online drama involving the Drunken Peasants. Uh, I, I saw that show going indefinitely. The people on the show, for the most part, seemed like they had a really good chemistry. TJ, aka the Amazing Atheist, really seemed to get along well with his uh, friend and uh, business partner, I guess, uh, Ben. And um, 
I never saw anything coming in between them on the horizon. But I guess TJ just got sick of doing the drunken peasants, had a new vision for what he wanted to be doing creatively. So there was a split. Ben wanted to keep the drunken peasants going. TJ went on to start this new show called Deep Fat Fried, where they take a very in-depth look at maybe one or two topics. So it's not as much of a smorgasbord as uh, DP was, where they had all different types of segments. Uh, They would look at um, a variety of news stories and watch YouTube videos. With this, they'll take one subject, or like I said, maybe two, and go really in-depth. Like, they did one where they take a look at the Emperor Caligula. The very first one, they devoted the whole show, which was over an hour long, to Tim Allen. And uh, and that left a lot of the viewers wondering initially what the hell kind of show it was going to be and whether or not it would end up being successful. It seemed kind of a strange inaugural episode topic, an entire episode uh, devoted to uh, or dedicated to Tim Allen. But so far, it's been pretty interesting. I still think I prefer the Drunken Peasants format. Uh, But anyway, so there was some legal stuff going on behind the scenes, which they just finished ironing out. So now um, the Drunken Peasants has resumed without TJ, TJ's brother Scotty, and uh, Paul's ego. So now you have Ben, Billy, the Fridge, and there's going to be... uh, a couple of rotating slots for various uh, co-hosts and guests. But the reason why I started talking about the drunken peasants is because I learned about Kratom from watching. I learned it from watching you. I learned about Kratom from watching uh, the drunken peasants because Ben was always taking Kratom on the show. And then um, there was a guest host, this YouTuber named Pimp Monk. I have trouble saying that. Pimp Monk. Just this big, fat, lovable teddy bear of a guy. And when he sits in on live streams with Ben or whatever, he will eat Kratom by the spoonful, which is kind of impressive given how strong the stuff can be in significant doses. So it's this herbal drug. I believe it's uh, it's found in its natural form and its plant form in Southeast Asia. And, you know, places like, uh, I think, Thailand and Bali, etc. And it's been used for centuries. And it's supposedly chemically similar to an opiate, but not enough to be addictive in the same way, supposedly. But I think some say that, you know, anything that, that makes you feel good in a way, can be addictive. So it's thought not to be as addictive as opiates, but I guess um, you can get at least psychologically addicted to taking it. And supposedly in small doses, it can act as a stimulant. And in large doses, uh, larger doses, that's when the the, uh, opiate effects manifest. And if you take really take too much of it, you can get sick. Supposedly not overdose, but you can end up vomiting and just not feeling very good, you know? Um, but when people are on it, they describe uh, a sense of euphoria, of calm. 
like an, an, an enjoyable sense of well-being. Supposedly, some people take it to help get off of opiates. Some people take it for, um, for anxiety or depression to help with things like that. And I think chronic pain, too. And to be honest, I'm just, this is the not-so-secret show, so I'll just be frank with you guys. The reason why I wanted to try it is I just wanted to see what the high was like. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm someone who definitely, um, I'm not prudish when it comes to uh, mind-altering substances. I think people should be careful. You know, I think it's kind of small-minded or narrow-minded to say, kind of a la Nancy Reagan, you know, all drugs are bad don't do drugs or whatever. I think both street drugs and prescription drugs are, there's a sliding scale, a spectrum. Some are relatively benign. Some, whether we're talking about prescription drugs or street drugs, can be incredibly dangerous and addictive. We know there's a huge uh, kind of opiate epidemic right now in the United States. I think, uh, especially in, I think, in Massachusetts, uh, where I am, and in New Hampshire. And supposedly a lot of people ended up getting hooked on illegal opiates like heroin, etc., because they had been prescribed prescription opiates like Oxycontin or um, what's the other one? Is it fentanyl? or I, I, I forget the name of it. But there's another really strong prescription one that I think is almost as bad as heroin, you know? And so a lot of people start off taking prescription painkillers, opiates or whatever, and then when they can't get that anymore, they end up switching over the street drugs and basically becoming junkies. But then there's other drugs that I think are relatively benign, like uh, marijuana, and there's some drugs that I don't think are really physically dangerous, like there's hallucinogens, like psilocybin mushrooms, um, acid, uh, that type of thing, that you probably don't have to worry about bodily harm or worry about those drugs doing a permanent systemic damage or becoming addictive or anything, but they can be incredibly potent psychologically speaking. Um, anyone who's ever tried something like mushrooms or acid, I don't have to tell you how, uh, how powerful those drugs can be. And how they can literally be life-changing. They can view, for better or worse, they can change the way you um, you view the world, e either um, in the short term or long term. Um, supposedly, Kratom, and I've heard it pronounced Kratom, Kratom, but I like the sound of the pronunciation Kratom, so I'll go with that. It's supposed to be relatively benign. Um a bunch of states have made it illegal. And even when I was buying it, I got it from, I guess, a fairly reputable place online. I think it was like 15 bucks for, um, I think, a bag of seven doses. And they consider one dose to be six pills on empty stomach. I took one. I wanted to go easy on myself. So I took one capsule on Thursday and uh, But even that place where I bought online, I know it's the same with a lot of other places that sell it. It's still legal in Massachusetts. Supposedly, the DEA, a year or two ago, tried to ban it completely. But there was a huge public backlash because a lot of people use Kratom, I guess. And the DEA actually backed down. 
So for the time being, in the majority of states here in the U.S., you can still purchase it. Uh, but even then, a lot of places seem to prefer Bitcoin and alternative payment methods. I don't know if it's because they're expecting at any time the stuff could become illegal or whatever. Uh, you know, I don't know. Um, but actually, how this stuff mixes with alcohol, I don't know. We'll see. And I should let you know that, oh, right, I've only had a few sips of rum and coke, haven't taken anything else. And I feel a little out of it. I don't know why. I just feel um, a little foggy-headed as it is. So how this show is going to unfold, I don't know. And I actually might go take some asthma medicine before I go any further. Okay, so I just took a pull off of my Cerevent discus. You know, I really don't have the type of asthma where I have to worry about being rushed to the emergency room or where I get caught up in, uh, you know, a, a noticeable wheezing fit or something like that. Um, once in a great while, I'll wheeze, like I'll be in bed in a, uh, on a rare occasion. All of a sudden, I'll hear some noise and I'll be like, what's that? Oh, it's me wheezing. For the most part, my asthma is a lot more mild than that, but it's enough to be a nuisance where you can feel like just like an uncomfortable tightness in your chest. Or maybe if I'm singing or podcasting, I notice that I have to work a little more to get adequate breaths in between sentences or, uh, you know, little things like that. When I was a kid, it was really bad. Like, I would be home from school weeks at a time. No one knew what was wrong with me. It took a while to get diagnosed. But I had really bad untreated allergies. Um, and obviously, asthma and allergies are kind of uh, interrelated. If your allergies are acting up, that can further impact your breathing or uh, trigger... Um, asthmatic episodes or whatever. So uh, I was especially wretched during um, spring and summer. I would just be horribly sick, severe untreated allergies uh, combined with uh, untreated asthma um, that would sometimes lead to bad chest or lung infections or whatever. And I would just be laid up on like the family room couch sometimes for, you know, a couple of weeks at a time. Um, and I had this horrible pediatrician and one time his own nurse told my mother, you have to take him somewhere else. And she gave my mother the number of a specialist in the nearby town of Arlington, this old world war two vet, uh, Otto now was the guy's name, just this great old guy and his specialty was pediatric uh, asthma and allergies. Um, and I think the final straw also with that other doctor was my mother brought me into his office and told him that I was really sick. And his response, basically uh, telling my mother that it was all in my head. I just didn't want to go to school. And when I came home, I puked up like a gallon of phlegm. I'm sorry to put that image in your head, but um, seriously, it was like a clear phlegm. Like I had so much fluid from being sick from, you know, from the allergies, et cetera. And, uh, you know, whatever it was at the time, a chest infection or something that I was just my stomach, my lungs were just filled with fluid and I just yacked up like a gallon of this clear phlegm or whatever it was. 
And uh, yeah, so it was it was bad. And then the doctor in Arlington diagnosed me and said, yeah, this kid's in a bad way. He has really bad asthma and allergies. And um, he was the first one to get, ever give me, you know, allergy or asthma medicine. And he gave me this drug that I used to love called Theophylline. It was a little pill, little white pill that was in the, uh, like the caffeine family. So it was, had kind of like a stimulant effect. And it also helped relax your airways so you could breathe better. And um, I was always kind of a, a laid back, daydreamy little kid and uh, kind of introverted naturally or whatever. And he told my mother, he's like, watch what happens with this kid when you give him this mess. And, and the next day it was like, boing, I, I was just, uh, you know, running all over the place full of energy. And I was taking Theophylline off and on in my life until recently. Doctors began to realize uh, over the years that there was risks of toxicity with it and that there was a small therapeutic window, meaning the dose it took to be effective was also too close for comfort to the dose at which it reaches toxicity. And it can cause, I'm trying to think if it was uh, kidney or liver problems, but something you don't want. And so it's getting harder and harder to get. So it's very hard to even procure Theophylline anymore. So I finally gave in. And that's why I've been talking about taking inhaled steroids here and there on the show, because there's really not many other options. There's a couple of long-acting beta agonists, and, and then there's the uh, inhaled steroids and the kind of combination drugs. But I don't like the inhaled steroids because um, they're notorious for uh, causing hoarseness and affecting the quality of your voice, etc. And I already naturally have kind of like a, a raspy, a low raspy voice, and I'm a singer, and I'm a podcaster, and I, I notice the difference while I'm on a steroid for too long, and uh, my voice just starts to really give way and doesn't sound as strong. But I'm going to take a Kratom right now, down the hatch. Like I said, they recommend taking six, <laughs> taking six um, capsules at once. And I forget, I did the math. It's like 28 capsules in a package. A dose is considered six. No, not 28 capsules. I'm sorry. There's 28 grams of kratom in the package. And that's divided up into a bunch of capsules. And one dose, one serving is considered six capsules. So I think I did the math and that's like less than a gram per capsule. And I heard some people say, you know, an effective dose is maybe somewhere around two to three grams. But I took one capsule on Thursday. Wasn't sure what it would do. I figured one capsule would probably be too weak. I wouldn't feel anything. About nine minutes in, I start to feel something. Something good, I'll say. Um, maybe kind of similar to a pot high, but I don't really like pot, but I'll I'll do it Almost um, to be social, I guess, kind of like a not necessarily a peer pressure thing, but uh, yeah, to kind of be social, to bond with the people who are doing it, you know, if my friends are doing it, if I'm hanging out at a party or something. And I'm not terribly fond of it. And I did have one really bad pot episode where I took a bong hit and I wasn't too experienced. This was a couple of years ago around Christmas time. I did a whole episode on it called. Um, 
I think it might have been called like depression and psychological dismemberment. But I had probably the worst drug experience of my life on pot, which I never thought, I never expected that ever. Because I'm someone who's tried different hallucinogens, different drugs. And I never thought I'd be saying that it was pot that brought me to my knees. But I had a really bad experience. I don't want to digress further by going into that. But look for that old episode of The Weekend Out if you're interested. I hope you enjoyed this free preview of the Not So Secret Show. If you'd like access to full episodes of this Patreon bonus series, or if you would just like to help the show out monetarily, please go to patreon.com slash theweekendout and become a supporter for as little as 99 cents a month. Thanks, and see you later this week with a brand new episode of The Weekend Out.